Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. The Stull Community of Faith Church is located where we like to say Topeka and Lawrence meet at 1596 East 250 Road, Lecompton, Kansas. We invite you to join us as we worship each Sunday at 11 o'clock a.m. We are currently seeking a pastor to lead our church family. So may you be blessed as we welcome today's guest speaker, Brennan Feebeck, student at Baker University. Like Brennan said, um, I'm Brennan Feebeck. Um, I just, before I get started, I wanted to say thank you guys for letting me come in. Um, November has been a really crazy month. Uh, like Brennan said, I'm a student at Baker, but I'm also hoping coach football. So every Saturday, I have games, and then throughout the week I practice, so um, it's, I'm glad that I got time to focus and just concentrate and let the Lord talk through me, and uh, I'm going to open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together uh, to worship you, to learn more about you, and to dive into your word. Please use me as a vessel and speak through me. Amen. Alright, so the title of this um, lesson today, it's called Kingdom vs. Worldly Culture. So, um, I looked up, because, I mean, there's a lot of different descriptions of what culture is, right? Like, um, if you listen to a football coach, like when they're getting their press conference, I'll never forget, I'm a big Missouri fan, okay? I know. There's all the, the aches and moans. I know. I can't brag about anything because we just lost to Kentucky yesterday. But K-State lost too. So. Um, so I really went back. I'm like, all right, what is culture? And so for some reason, I went back and watched this press conference. And I counted how many times he mentioned the word culture. And it was like a 35-minute press conference. And he mentioned it 16 times. So obviously, I mean, culture is something big in our world today, right? So I looked it up on, I, I looked up the word culture on the Merriam-Webster dictionary. It says the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or organization. So now I'm going to talk about what the worldly culture is. So we have cultures around the world, right? We got an African culture here. You could just tell by um, the way they dress. Like that's a distinct culture. The next one we have is this Brazil, Brazilian culture. This is Carnival. And then you have your Chinese culture. And then I call this the good old American culture where we just, you know, it's a barbecue in the backyard, right? And so there's a lot of cultures. And so when I'm talking about worldly culture today, I'm talking about the culture of the world in total. So it'll make more sense as I dive into it and we get into scripture and, and whatnot. So I'm not really dissecting different cultures. I'm just talking about the culture as one world. So if you guys want to open up to 1 John 2, 16 through 17, in my notes here, um, I think Brenna passed out the notes. And this is what my home church does back home. I was talking to my pastor. I'm like, all right, how should I do this? Because like I said, I'm not getting a degree in like ministry. I'm getting a degree in special education, so I need some help. So I reached out and he's like, you can set it up like mine. So this setup is, is what he does. And so my first point, it says the culture of the world is full of sin. 
So now to 1 John 2, 16 through 17. It says, For everything in the world, the lust of the, the, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty black and white right there, right? It says, um, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride, it doesn't come from God. It comes from the world. So when I read that, my first thought was, yeah, I mean, there's, there is so much in the world right now, and there has been since Adam and Eve. And all that is just sin, and that is not from God. That is just from the world. And that's part of the culture. If we go out today, I mean, we can see it. Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine. My mom and dad, they were really good. By the way, my mom and dad and sisters are back here. There they are. I was, I was excited to see them here today. But um, they, they always told me growing up, you have to watch. Watch what you're watching, what you're listening to, because it's full of sin. And um, I feel like as the days go on, we can see... Um, it's sins gaining a foothold in the world and um, I mean that's just part of the culture that that we've accepted I guess and, and become as a world alright into the next one it's Romans 12 to and I, I was praying about this I think it was Wednesday night I just got done breaking it was our passing game breakdown day and then I got, I got an email from Brenna, like, hey, you need to get some stuff. Basically, what I took it as, hey, you need to get stuff done. I'm like, I needed that. And so I sat down Wednesday night, and I was like, all right, Lord, you know what? I'm just going to open up. I'm just going to open my Bible, and you're going to tell me where to turn to. And so a lot of these are kind of spread out. I want to blame it on my ADHD because I'm not very good at just sticking to a passage and breaking it down. But, um, but. I mean, all this stuff really flowed really, really good, in my opinion. So, Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, and is good and pleasing and is perfect. So, kind of back to, um, if, if you're not trusting God's will, then you're going to fall into this culture that we've created, which, which is full of sin. You're going to get off track and you're not going to end up going where where's God has planned you. Uh, the second point is the culture of the world is full of greed. And so for this one, I'm going to go back to, what is it, the third and fourth humans to enter the world? The, the story of Cain and Abel. It says, Adam made, made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Late, later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offerings, but on Cain and his offerings, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It is 
It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. So I think that's like that's verse four of the whole Bible. And so we're not even we're not even five chapters into the Bible and I mean we're already seeing what greed can do to the world and how once Cain and Abel's mom and dad, you know, took the bite of that fruit from the tree of good and evil, I mean this worldly culture it said, all right, we're setting in. And this is the first story where you can really see this greed of what other people want. And I think that's really dangerous. I fall to it every day. Like me and my fiance, we're trying to figure out where we wanna, where we wanna move. Cause she's going to nursing school and, um, and I'm, I can, I'll graduate in May. So we're just kind of figuring out where she's gonna go. And then I look at all these places, like right now she applied to Pitt State and she's getting ready to apply to Fort Hayes State. And I'm just, I'm looking at what all these people have, like the houses they have, right? Which, which place is gonna give me a better looking house? Or which place am I gonna make more money as a teacher? Which, first of all, I'm a teacher, so if I'm looking for money, I got in the wrong profession. <laughs> but, um, so it's just something that I have to personally fight every day is this greed of what other people want. In the worldly culture, it just revolves around that greed. Um, like, what is it? What's the saying? Keeping up with the atoms? Like, that is something that I see every day. If it's, I mean, not even in my life, but like the football field with my, my players, like my wide receivers are like, man, why can't I be like that? Or well, why, does, why does his routes look so clean? And first of all, I'm like, well, being the coach in me, I'm like, well, you know, you got to break down and get out of your cut better. But it's just that constant need of what other people want. Um, that's another big component about this worldly culture. And the next one, uh, the one that I think is most prevalent in, I mean, we're getting towards election, election day. Is that Tuesday, right? And I mean, if you can't see this one in, in all the ads, it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much hate in the world, right? And it's scary because, um, like going to Baker, like I can't even have conversations of my viewpoints or politics without hate being involved. And like, so this one is, is what I think is the most powerful and has the, the tightest grip on the worldly culture right now. Cause I mean, we can see it just everywhere. So um, right here, I got John 15, 18 through 19. It says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. When I read that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hate in the world, but could you imagine being Jesus? Like, he's getting out there saying he's the son of God, and he's got these Pharisees, and he's like, oh, he's, 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 a blasph he's blasphemous and all this stuff. And he's like, he's trying to speak the truth, but the world's looking at him and saying, no, you're wrong, and we hate you. And so, like, they went to the extent of killing him. So I think what that's saying is like, man, in this world, yeah, they're gonna hate you, but just know that they hated me way before they hated you. And so on to 19, it says, if you belong to the world, it would love you as your own. And it, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chose you, chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So like verse 19, when I think of culture, 
Um, once you're in a culture like, so say, say I live in, let's say I just live in Spring Hill, Kansas, and I move out to, mm, let's go Brazil, that carnival picture. So say I move out there, and then I move in to Brazil, and I'm like getting accepted in their culture. At some point, I'm going to end up being like fully um, in their culture, right? I mean, that's just what happens. Like, there's another quote that says, if there's a group of five wise people and the sixth one is an idiot, um, then there will be six wise people or something like that. That was the football paraphrase that we use in meetings. Um, so it's basically saying, you know, if you're of the world, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. But as Christians, we're not supposed to be of the world, right? We're not of this world. We're of the, the kingdom of God. So, um, this, I mean, this world is full of hate. And as Christians, you know, we're, we're here to spread love, which I'll get into that when I talk about the kingdom culture. But it's really hard not to succumb to the ways of the world. And then the last one, talking about the culture of the world, uh, the world is temporary. And I got a verse in Isaiah. So I got Isaiah 46 through 7. It says, a voice, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flower falls because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. So basically what this is saying is, I mean, we all know it, right? We're all born, we all have a birth date, and then we're all going to die at some point. We're not immortal. At least our earthly being is not immortal, right? So um, this whole idea of this worldly culture of, you know, wanting what other people want, hating other people, all this stuff, it's just, it comes to an end because it's temporary. And um, that's also what I struggle with, right? Because I want, I want to have this perfect life and all this stuff. And then I, I really dive into the Bible and God's just telling me like, hey, you're here for this amount of time. Well, you got eternity, which, which is this amount of time. So that's just something like this worldly culture. It's so fixed on this idea of I need it now. I need it while I need it for me. I need it now and I need it right now. I think that's something that it's really hard for us not to fall into. So now I'm going to talk about the kingdom culture. This is my favorite part. I don't like talking about the worldly culture because it's kind of depressing. Um, and so I said, what is the kingdom culture? So this is how I define the kingdom culture. I said, the kingdom culture is bringing God's love and grace down to earth as it is in heaven. Um, and then the first point I have, the kingdom culture is full of faith. And this is what I call a poster verse. It's Proverbs 3, 5. 3, 3, 5 through 6. I see it everywhere. I see it. Um, some of my buddies have tattoos of it. I'm not a tattoo guy. But they, I, called it, I called it a tattoo um, verse. But now I was like, nah, I'll just, I'll just keep it a poster verse. Um, so I got Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Um, so when you're a part of this kingdom culture, 
your whole life is based on faith, right? You're going to believe you're going to believe that God has the best interest of you and he's going to go out of or you have to go out of your way and not do what's expected of the world or the worldly thing to do. You got to trust in God and give everything to him. And that's a, that's a number one component and I think as a Christian, I think that's really hard to accept just knowing that you're putting your faith into something you can't see. But once you say, all right, I'm going to dive into this kingdom culture, the first thing I think you need to do is just say, I'm going to give my life and my everything to God. Um, second point about the kingdom culture, the kingdom culture is full of generosity. So now it's Matthew 6, 1 through 4. It says, um, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Um, this past November, I was, I was an RA. I was, I'm still an RA, um, but I was an RA, and one of my students, he had a mental health crisis. And he's, he's from overseas, and there was, there was nobody there for him. And I remember, um, I walked in, and it was not a very good scene. Nobody was there with them. And I was talking to the university. I'm like, well, how are we going to help this kid? And they didn't give me an answer. So I go up to the hospital with them for, I think he was in the hospital 72 hours, and I was there for like 40 of it. It was, and I, and right after I got out of the hospital, like I wanted to, I wanted that feeling of like, man, you did a good thing. And so, I really, I really dove into my Bible when I got through that because I'm like, that's not what I should be doing it for. I shouldn't been doing it for me. I should be doing it for God to show this kid like, man, this is God's love through me. But I just have to, and even sometimes like, every time I do something good, I kind of want somebody to be like, oh yeah, that was really good. I'm glad I got to see that. I think that's something that, I think especially in college, everybody fights. Um, and I see it every day. Like I run a Bible study on Thursday nights. We, we started that up, I think, six weeks ago. And so it's pretty cool to watch kids come in and, you know, our numbers are growing, which is really awesome. And I thank God for that every day. But I always talk to them. I'm like, like, how, like what are you doing to further the kingdom of God? And he's like, well, um, I'm, I'm just trying to be nice, but I want other people to see my actions and know that, like, all this stuff, I'm like, and I always bring them back to this verse because we want everything to be done and sort of secret just because, you know, we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for the glory of God. So um, generosity is also, I mean, um, is this, what's this, is it, do you guys do a food bank? That's awesome. See, like that's generosity. I love that. And then a clothing drive over here. Closing closet. Closing closet. See, that's awesome. And I didn't, like, if I was sitting out in my car waiting for 
waited to come in. I didn't see that posted everywhere. And I really like that because it's not, it's not secret, but you guys are doing God's work. And I think that's really awesome. You guys are giving to the poor, giving to the needy. I think that's really good. And then the last one, obviously, the kingdom culture is full of love. I mean, that's, I mean, God is love, right? That's what he says. So John 15, 12 says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then if you go, if you go to John 3, 16, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then in John 15, 12, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So he loved, he loved me and he loved everybody else in here so much that he's going to give his only son and he's going to say, yep, I'm going to have him die just so you guys can live. And I think that's really powerful. And that's, that's, the, that's a cornerstone of what this kingdom culture is. It's built on love. Um, and if, if you love, everything else just kind of takes care of itself, right? And, and so the next one is 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. And it just sums it all up. It says, do everything in love. Because, I mean, there's no love. Like I said, the worldly culture is full of hate. That's why we see all these ads. If I see a... If I see an election ad that's, that's like complimenting the other person, I don't know what I would do. I have no idea what I would do, but I would, I would probably go vote for that person because we need more love in this world. And then the last one, um, the kingdom culture is eternal. Let me pull this up. So this is Daniel 7. Um, and Daniel's kind of explaining his... His dreams, um, I think, yeah, he's um, explaining his dreams to Bal Belshazzar. Basically, the yeah. So he's explaining his dreams, and then we get to verse 14. He said he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All the nations of people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So the kingdom culture, I mean, it gets to the point of, man, this, this life on earth, yeah, we can make it fun. But this isn't our final destination. This is temporary. Like we said, the worldly culture is. It's temporary. Uh, but this kingdom culture is, like, we know where we're going after our earthly bodies die. So... And once you change that in your mindset that this place is temporary, at least when I had that realization that this world and this, this culture, this culture that we face is temporary, but the culture that I'm in is eternal, like that just changed my whole mindset. And then it's like, well, I have this. Now I want to go out and give this to other people. And it just really changes your perspective. It's like, man, I can't wait. Jesus, I can't wait for Jesus to come, you know? Instead of like that temporary lifestyle, like, oh man, I hope I live till 95. It's more like, hey, I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to spread the good, the good word. And I'm going to do what I can to, uh, to get, get that, that kingdom culture. I want to make that a heavenly party when we all get up there. 
And so my last thing that I said, kind of sum it all up, said the most important cultural affiliation someone can be a part of is the kingdom of God. Um, we're going to face things in life that make it hard. I know my life's been really, really easy. I, my parents said I had a drug problem growing up because they drugged me to school or drugged me to church. Like I was there Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, maybe some Friday nights. And um, I grew up in the church. My life's been really easy. The hardest thing I've ever had to go through was moving to Chinook or moving from Chinook, Kansas to Spring Hill, Kansas like that wrecked me, but that just shows you how easy of a life I've had. Um, but this, this kingdom culture is, it's powerful. And like we know Jesus defeated death. And when, when Jesus and God are running a culture and you're trying to get other people to buy into it, I mean, that culture is, it's, it's powerful and it's, it's the most important thing that somebody can be a part of. So that's what I had on, on the cultures. So um, I'm going to close us in prayer. All right. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us this, this day, this beautiful day, um, to come together, dive into your word, and just really explore um, your, your kingdom culture. Um, help, us, help us take part in building that culture. Um, spreading the culture and just installing in our lives. Thank you for everything you've done and you'll continue to do. And um, Amen.